Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of PD and P-Dobbs Unscripted. P-Dobbs, how's it going? It's going great, PD. Great to be with you and everyone listening out there. Thanks for joining us today on this beautiful day that we're experiencing. Yeah, it was a nice day. We had our circuit meet and we got to enjoy some time outside and, mm-hmm. you know, kind of reminded me as a kid going outside and for <laughs> school when you got those days, like, can we go outside? Yeah, right. Everybody went in the meeting. We had a little breakout session and uh, we had like four different groups and everybody elected to go outside so that was kind of cool and i mean it is a beautiful campus that they have there at st Pierre heights yeah it sure is a lot of green space and uh you know a new uh life center that we got to spend time in today that's really awesome and just really happy for them that they got all that uh, that area to to uh, live life there yeah because we were talking with uh Bo from mount prospect and he was just kind of like man both of our churches we don't have this like green space no i was like no we talk about that a lot that yeah. we don't have any green space we're kind of landlocked and you know parking lot driven you know right. so oh but man it is what it is it is yeah god and is still worshiped and praised it sure he sure is and he is risen indeed he is risen indeed hallelujah hallelujah and uh, what a great uh, Easter uh, celebrating the Lord's resurrection we had at Emmanuel. Yeah, it was great to see everybody. Great to hear some wonderful messages and just that reminder that he is risen. Yeah, he's risen indeed. Hallelujah. And uh, yeah, I always uh, pray that people don't get tired of that phrase, you know. And right. uh, But, uh, you know, we try and keep that phrase going through the Easter season at least, right. you know. so. And sometimes, uh, I mean, I think you startle some people every once in a while when you yell it out. <laughs> Got him at eight o'clock. I know there were people who jumped. I was kind of giggling. You got to see that's the whole thing. Like it was a startling thing that Jesus wasn't in the tomb, so we got to startle people. And you startled them. Oh, I think I probably caused a few, you know, hearts to skip. Like what is that noise? Yeah, yeah. But that's the joy of Easter coming out. It is, yeah, for sure. And uh, there was a lot of joy. It seemed in the hearts of people who came to uh, celebrate the Lord's resurrection with us. Lots of extended families, and it was wonderful to see. Hearing all the beautiful voices sing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the music was just, you know, just filling the space, and it was wonderful with all the brass and the organ and the praise band, and it was really great. One day maybe we need to get up there in the brass with you. were a French horn, and I'm a trumpet player. Right? Oh, I was a trombone. Trombone, that's right, yeah. man. I was thinking trombone, but yeah. I don't know why. Was, maybe because of Jenny playing the French but I think the three of us, maybe that oh. should be a brass. <laughs> Do you think Jenny would stand, you know, the two of us clunking away in there? She'd probably be like, just go. Just, yeah. Just please, leave. Please leave. You know, I'm not going to stoop in, to this level. <laughs> You're below my level. <laughs> you guys. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, I don't even have my trombone anymore. It went passed down to like my nephews and... I don't know. Maybe it's at my brother's house. Who knows? Yeah, mine's sitting in my office in the front of my desk. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> you never know when that's going to get busted out. Well, I always thought the guys who played trumpet or the people who played the trumpet was harder because the mouthpiece is smaller. And like it feels like you got to really push more than maybe the trombone. But see, I was like, it's nice and lightweight. It's not a big instrument. Yeah, yeah. You know, Trombone, you got to reach, you got to have a good arm length there. Yeah, especially to get into that seventh position way down low. And um, yeah, so there's that. And uh, you know, the thing with the with the mouthpiece on the trombone, like, you know, your lips really get to fully oh. vibrating and you come out and your lips are swollen. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I get that vibrating from the trumpet. What, what killed my trumpet days, well, not practicing. That was kind of... Oh, yeah, <laughs> that there's kind, always that. That kind of was a big thing. But I still blame getting braces. Ah. Uh, 
because, you know, pushing the mouthpiece up against those braces, mm. I couldn't play the high notes like I used to hit, the little bit I could hit. Yeah. And then I just, that just, yeah. You were done for. I was done for. <laughs> and, you know, and a band was a time for me to just goof off. Yeah, yeah, and I hang know. with friends. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember when I was first into it and doing pretty well, my parents would have friends over, and they're like, oh, Warren, why don't you play a trombone song or two for the Joneses? I'm like, I don't want to. You know, it's kind of embarrassing. I don't want to wear the puffy shirt. I don't want to wear the puffy shirt. I don't want to play a song. So, like, my favorite to play was When the Saints Go Marching In. Oh, that's a Jim Dandy of a song. Oh, Jim Dandy indeed. You know, and I think I still remember the The positions. positions. Yeah. And uh, then there was one called Windy. Oh, Oh, it was a 70s favorite. Who's looking down the streets of the city? Everybody knows it's windy. And then the trombone part is. Oh, and then the other one was the song to Hogan's Heroes. I don't know if I'd probably know the Hogan's Heroes theme if I hear it, but I don't know it off the top of my head. Yeah, the trombone part is not the prime melody, you know. It's Mm. so there's, but like when I watch a little me TV and I happen to see the beginning of that. Do you, uh, does your hand just go in the motion? Oh, yeah. It's like it just goes like, and and I can't stop it. It's like this reaction. Well, I let's see what I remember in band. I don't know if you guys you had this here at Emmanuel when you were in band, but you know you have like you got to test to see what chair who's first, second, mm. third, whatever. Yeah, yeah. You know me, I was usually towards the end of the end of the list there, which is fine. I'm I'm okay with it. But what we had was once every so often, or once I don't know what it because was, but you could challenge the person in front of you Ooh. for their chair. Ooh, and so we'd go behind us like a screen like a. Uh, chalkboard like a removable chalkboard we'd have to play the same piece the band director like okay play blah 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 blah, this part Mm -hmm. we'd play it and the rest of the trumpet since that's you know when we had our sectionals was trumpet players they would vote who they thought was better and they wouldn't know who's who and if you were the person challenging and they thought you were better you moved up the chair while the other person moved down wow that's pretty pretty intense yeah Sitting behind that chalkboard. Yeah, and then like one person's probably coming out elated and the other is dejected. <laughs> right. Oh, I lost my chair. Yeah. Lost, lost second to last chair. Now I'm last chair. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going well for me. I should have known that at that point that trumpet wasn't for me. Yeah. Oh, man. But it was fun. But it's just one of those things I remember about band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a lot of memories of band. And, I, you know, I wasn't good on on practicing either and... You know, there there are things that I did, my actions with my practice, I, I'm not proud of, um, you know, so. But, uh, you know, mom would always be like, you know, have you practiced today? No, I haven't. And then I'd go in the room and I'd practice and I'd be like, Ugh. You, you know. know. But that practice it kind of le- would lead us to be a better player. If it we'd would. Have- and so that's probably a good transition, right? It, did you like how I transitioned there? It was really good. Yeah, and leading now, us. And now I'm just like spoiling if I say, listen, <laughs> did you check that out? It's like when you tell a joke, do you get what's funny about what I just said? Yeah, yeah. So we thought we'd talk about something I shared at our staff devotion yesterday. So I'm going to read a little bit of what I read. And it comes from Francis Chan, who I love a lot of Francis Chan stuff. And this comes from the book. It's called Passion, the Bright Light of Glory. And it's different speakers from the Passion Conference, which Louis Giglio runs down in Atlanta for college-age kids. 
And so I don't know when this one was from Francis Chan, but he shared something I thought was something we could all relate to. And so it begins, he goes by saying, I finally got a GPS. I'm probably the last person on earth to get one, but I just keep waiting for them to get cheaper until finally someone just gave me one. That's what pastors do, by the way. You talk about something and how much you wish you had it as an illustration, and then someone buys it for you. We got, we got to remember that. Yeah. Is there something you really want? <laughs> hmm. Let me think about it. Uh, no, you already got your uh, carpet rug cleaner, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I got so, that. So uh, next time when pa- that breaks, you might hear a pastor preaching a lot about <laughs> rug cleaners. Yep. But he continues, I'm excited to have a GPS because I know I've wasted more gas money by driving around lost than I would have spent in purchasing one. But the thing I most... Ad- that I love most about my GPS is how she, my GPS is female. Does your GPS have a gender? Well, the voice is male. It is seems. it? Yeah. But you use Waze, right? I use Waze, but sometimes I use Apple Maps and I get a different voice. Okay, I usually use Apple Maps and I think it's usually a female voice because that's mm-hmm. what my Siri is. What I like about Waze is when you can get random, like, people doing the voices like mm-hmm. i think like they've had like sam jackson oh or like r2d2 or c3po okay so that's kind of what i've seen with ways so but he says how my gps deals with my mistakes sometimes she'll tell me to turn right but i still miss it for some reason i feel bad she told me clearly but i was distracted or something so i messed up but she never gets mad all she says is recalculating that's it. Never she's not, she never says, "Why didn't you turn?" Now I have to do all this extra work. I'm sitting there feeling bad. It's my fault. I'm the one who didn't turn when she told me to. And she just recalculates and directs me there by another route. I love that voice. It's so forgiving, so full of grace. When she says recalculating, what I hear is, "Francis, you made a wrong turn, but I'll get you there. Don't worry." It's going to take a little longer now, so be careful. Listen to me next time, but I'll get you there. That's really what the Holy Spirit has done with me my whole life. I've taken some wrong turns, and he says to me, recalculating, don't worry, I'll still get you there. I'm still going to form you into the man I created you to be. It'll take a little bit longer now because you really screwed up this time, but don't worry, I still know how to get you there. I hope you hear the Holy Spirit saying that to you when you've made a wrong turn, where you, when you find that you're not where you thought you'd be in the, your walk with the Lord, recalculating. Don't worry, I'll still get you there. At some point, you have to listen. At some point, you have to trust that God's Word is trying to direct us to life. It's time to listen to the instructions God gives and ask yourself where you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. The old GPS, yeah, for sure. Uh, I have learned, like you said, we use Waze. I've learned to listen to Waze and not second guess, right. you know. And uh, but there are times where you know you make a wrong turn or whatever, and you get that recalculating. Oh, I know the way. I know the way. Right. Well, just this past Palm Sunday, after the confirmation, it was such a nice day, and. Uh, well, as you know, my great nephew got confirmed, and we were waiting for his gift to come to be delivered, and it didn't come in time for the service. So all of a sudden, once you know it, it shows up, 
after the service. So we're like, we get home and oh, there it is. So we quickly wrap it and we're like, well, we got to go get some gas anyway for the van. And let's go to Lucas's house along the way, drop it off, and then keep going for cheap gas. We, sometimes we'll go into Wisconsin, oh, Fontana. I, man, you're, you you like to drive. Oh, yeah. We, well, it, it's, it's killing two birds with one stone. We like to drive. We like the scenery. And we're getting cheap gas. So that's our substantiation. And <laughs> I'm like, oh, we're going to Lucas's house anyway. So, But I still love, like, driving to Wisconsin yeah. to pay for cheaper gas. When you have a Thornton's, like right outside where you live. <laughs> oh, but but it's like sixty cents cheaper per gallon. I mean, you. But how much yeah, gas? How, um, how many gallons do you use going up to Fontana? Oh, not too many. Not too many. I don't want to. I don't want to calculate that. <laughs> I'm sure you use less. And gallons. I don't want to recalculate that. <laughs> I'm sure it's less gallons going to the Thornton's. They already get your business every morning. I know, but you know, I got to spread the wealth. So anyway, you just go to Thornton's at Fontana. Yeah. So w- Gwen checks. She goes, you know, she checks on ways, and she goes, "It's I'll, I'll make up a number. It's um, forty-two miles to Fontana." Okay, how much on the gas tank do we have left? And I love that DTE distance to empty, and we had forty-two miles. Oh. And so I'm like, you know, hun, we should we should. Um, we should get gas a long way. She's like, ah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. Okay. So we get drop off the gift. Now we're out north of like McHenry, uh, east of Woodstock, east of Harvard, in the middle of nowhere. And we are on roads, PD, that I have never traveled in my life. And there is nothing around. And I'm watching the distance to empty thing go down and down i'm like checking ways my gps and saying go this way go that way and i'm like it says we have 13 miles left and we have 13 miles on the tank and i'm like i'm getting nervous i'm getting nervous and i started like looking at the map on my gps i'm like oh here's route 173 i think that goes to harvard maybe it would be better just to go my own way to harvard and and get gas it's got to be closer well, I was just about ready to turn left, and I look across the corner on 173 in this Alden Road. Maybe you've been out that way. Here is this gas station. And I'm like, $3.99 a gallon. I don't care. I'm going in. You know, so I went in, got like three gallons, and then we made it to Fontana. But I checked on the GPS map. If I had taken 173, it would have bent south, and I would have gone a longer way, and I might not have made it. Ugh. So it was good that you know, good old GPS ways took me to that street corner, and there happened to be this country gas station, and I was like, "Is it even open that time on a Sunday evening?" Yeah, and it's like a little general store, and the gas pump itself looked like from 1950s. And I couldn't even like see really the digits on it. And was it like the like the old one? <laughs> no, no. It, well, it wasn't that, but I couldn't see like the numbers. And I'm like, is it is it even working? You know, but it did. So trust your GPS. Well, I have a story to counter that trust okay. in the GPS. Yeah, it's a little bit different than the story I shared yesterday in our meeting. So when I was at my first church in Salem, I went to a, a youth worker conference at the Creation Museum. Yeah. in Kentucky. So, like, I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to go, and maybe, you know, on the way, I'll drive, go to Louisville Slugger Museum, because mm. I've never been there. 
It's kind of a little maybe hour out of the way, but okay. not that bad. I'll go now instead of on the way back because I want to get home. Then when I plugged in the information on my Garmin, because that's when I had a Garmin Ooh, at the time. Wow, you were lucky to have oh, a Garmin. Oh, yeah, a Garmin. That's where it was at. That's where it was at. And it, like when I first looked, I'm like, oh, that's not going to work to go to there because it's going to be closed. Because what I was th- forgot about was the hour time change. Mm. And that was incorporated into the GPS. So I was like, okay, I'll just go right to my hotel that I was going to be staying at for the conference. They're like, you have arrived at your destination. And I'm in the middle of some like hilly roads <laughs> and there's houses around oh, and no. no hotel in sight. Oh, no. And I'm just like, I don't think these random homes are, are the, the hotel. hotel. I don't think you can just go ring the bell and be like, <laughs> I'm here. Yeah, I'm here to check in. <laughs> and they'll be like, sir. Leave. Yeah. I'm calling the police. <laughs> and who knows? In Kentucky, they might have some guns or something. Well, and, yeah, they might just step out on the porch. <laughs> it might be like I'm in Texas and I get shot five at. Five seconds. <laughs> so then I was like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know who to call. I don't know what to do because I don't know who knows where I'm at in Kentucky. I don't mm-hmm. know where I'm at in Kentucky. Yeah. Thankfully, I had a smartphone at the time, not an iPhone. I had a Motorola Droid. Okay. And I was like, I'm going to plug it into the GPS on my phone. And that then got me to the hotel, which was like 20 minutes in a different direction. Oh, wow. Wow, that wasn't even close. Yeah, I was just like, good thing I had this, because otherwise I would have had to do like old-fashioned stop in a gas station and be like, hey, (laughs) I'm looking, or, you know. Where are you from, son? Where are you from, city (laughs) slicker? And then I would have, or I would have had to bought a map and then tried to, I mean, I can read a map, but yeah. figure out, you know, it's not like when you buy the map, it's not like a, you are here you are here sign, yeah. So I had to figure out where I was on said map and then figure out how to get to where I'm going. Mm. Wow. But yeah. Never- Sometimes you get out in those rural areas and the GPS gets all wackadoodle. And I know? think it's better now because, I mean, even with Garmin's, like, you had to, you know, update the map every so often. Right. But I think with, like, Waze and, like, Apple Maps or Google Maps, those are being constantly updated. Yeah, it's pretty spot on. So, and the thing that really is like intriguing to me about Waze and maybe other apps, like they really know when there's a backup in traffic down the road, or because sometimes they'll say, Oh, you need to go on this road, and you're like, Why am I going there? And then you look down, and like there's red on the road, and you're yeah, like, oh, I mean, something Apple, bad happened. Apple does that too, they have where, like, you know, like. Because I used it today to get to St. Peter because I'm like, I don't know what the quickest way from my house to get to St. Peter is. Because mm-hmm. sometimes GPS has taken me to like Lake Cook to 53 and get off at Palatine Road. Mm. But today it took me, you know, 14 to Palatine Road. So I'm yeah. like, whatever. I'm a, I just want to see what the quickest way is. Sure. I know where I'm going, but I just want to know what the quickest way is. But it's when I got up to, you know, Lake Cook, Main Street, whatever road you want to call it. We had this conversation yeah. yesterday. Yeah. I was like... It had a little bit of yellow on the map because mm. it was, I think, the end of the school traffic it was accounting okay. for. Yep, yep. And I was like, okay, at least it's not the red because at least yellow means I'm moving a I'm little moving bit. moving along, yeah. Red, ooh. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah, so GPS, um, it's funny. As you said, you know, when I was growing up, there was the the folded map in the glove box, you know, and my dad was all about not having to rely on that map, but he had one. And he knew how to read the map, but he was convinced he knew where he was going. And then, like, he would get turned around and my mom would be on him, you know, like, 
do you know where we're going? Are we on the wrong thing? I know where I'm going. I know where I'm going. Well, you know, then it's the battle between the wife saying, stop at the gas station and ask for directions. And then the man is too proud to ask for directions. No, we will figure this out. You know, so, I mean, I've probably taken on a little of that behavioral well, yeah. pattern I mean, it's myself. Just like no different than when you're in a store and like, do you need any help? Yeah. Even if I need a little help, I'm just like, no, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. And I'm just out wander for 20, 30 minutes. So. And, and what's the, you know, why don't we want help? Is it just we, is it an admission that we are weak? Or, or we don't know something? Yeah. But, I mean, but what I liked about this devotion or this this kind of part of Francis's talk mm-hmm. was it is a great comparison to our faith that, like, God gives us a guide of how we're to live our life and what we are to do. Right. Yet, we don't always follow that. We think... I know a shortcut. I know a better route. Yep. And then we get messed up and we get even more lost. Right, right. And then it's saying recalculate. And that's something, maybe I should put that in a poll on this podcast. How how do you take the tone of your your <laughs> GPS when it says recalculating? Yeah. Because he took it as a comforting. Oh, yeah. I've, I've never thought of it the way Francis did. I've always thought of it as an annoyance. Right. We had somebody said that it's sarcastic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. I've never thought of it that way, but I was like, I know, I know where I'm going. And like, sometimes they'll take you in a circle and I'm like, no, if I, if I just do this, I'll get there. And then eventually they catch up to you. But yeah. But maybe too, cause like, honestly, like I don't really hear my GPS too much. Maybe cause I have it like almost the voice commands muted. Mm. So I can just see on my screen, on my dash, yeah. what I need to do. And that's all I really need because... That's kind of the nice thing with an Apple Watch is like it syncs with the maps on my phone and it starts like vibrating on my wrist when there's like a turn or something's coming up that I need to pay attention to. Yeah. So that's kind of one of my little giveaways. Oh, or I just kind of, and you kind of glance at it as you're driving. You kind of know, okay, a little bit, I got to go this way. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, how often in our life, so do we get off and kind of drive in circles? Mm. Because we think more times than we want to admit, I'll bet. Right. Just because we think we know better. Mm-hmm. Than God, yeah, and God just kind of sends the Holy Spirit to us and says, uh, "Hey, go this way, go that way." I mean, like think of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, where the Spirit—you know—Philip's just walking down the road, and the Holy Spirit says, "Go down the road to that guy. You'll see, you'll see somebody, you know, and talk to them." And like, okay, you know, so that's the Spirit just like go there, right? Or I mean, maybe people have had that experience where like. You felt that nudge from the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Why am I going this way? Or mm-hmm. why is it, why am I supposed to do this?" Then, as you go that way, you're like, "Oh, I see what God was doing here." Yep, yep. But sometimes we're reluctant, kind of like Jonah, mm-hmm. where God's like, "Go to Nineveh, go preach. I'm going to destroy That's them." The last place I want to go. And he's like, "No, I'm not going to go." Yeah. And he thinks he can run away from God. Uh-huh. You know, you would think. People would learn you can't play run away from God or hide and seek, kind of like Adam and Eve as well, where they tried to play hide and seek with God in the garden. Right, right. Yet God found them. God found Jonah. Yeah, he sure did. Well, even like our GPS now, I think Waze does this. You know, when you chart out a place, there's the prime thing that they recommend, and then there's alternative routes. And sometimes I'll check out the alternative routes if like, you know, I don't want to go down the highway and pay the toll. You know, if I want to go more on a scenic drive, how much more time will that take away? You know, so, but at least there's alternatives for you to choose. Right, because if you don't want to pay tolls, like, 
tolls, no tolls. I'm at I always whatever the fastest way to get me there. Usually me too. Yeah. I'm just like, I don't care about the scenic. I just want to get there. Yeah. And sometimes the more direct way is not the uh, how do I say this? The quickest way because the direct way, like I think the when I go see my daughter out past uh Rockford, the direct way would be like right down twenty. You know, go through Belvedere on twenty. Well, it's not necessarily the fastest way because the highway kind of flits mm. around twenty. But you're cruising on that highway, right? You know, and there's no stoplights, nothing. So, well, I think even like driving in my parents' subdivision where I grew up, like obviously, you know, subdivisions there's turns, but I think the way that like I've always gone, which I think is the quickest way, there's a lot of little turns that you might be on one road for just like a couple houses, and you make a turn when you could go a little bit further and make the same turn in half. Mm-hmm. But it's like, why? It's it's not the most direct. But it feels quicker, yeah. even though there's a lot of little turns, even though they say, what, a straight line's the quickest way? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's my favorite when you ask Siri, like, how far something is, sometimes we're like, that's 55 mile as, miles as the crow flies. <laughs> yeah, good old old phrase there. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well, I think, you know, what I get out of what Francis is trying to communicate to us is that, you know, the voice, he, you know, as you brought up, Pastor, he, he feels that it's a comforting voice, a soothing voice, or... Like a almost like a loving guiding voice. Yeah, not like a like harassing or like yeah c- condemning. Like you idiot, why did you not do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well now you got to go this way. You know, nothing like that. So I equate what he's saying to like that's the care and love of God. You know, you know, prompting us or or correcting our direction. Um, you know, sometimes he does he does come down and you know I when when you're talking about this, I was thinking of the three uses of the law that Luther talks about, the curb, mirror, guide. You know, sometimes God does hit us with the with the mirror, like, hey, look at yourself. Look at what right. you've done. Um, and the curb is like, okay, you got curbs on the side of the road, so, like, you don't, you know, go running off the road, and you got, like, a curb to push you back, and then the guide is the GPS, right? Like, oh, here's the way to go. And uh, so... I think, you know, what Francis might be telling us is like, you know, God is a caring, gracious God, even if you fall off track. He's right. he's willing to say, come on now, come on, it's this way to go, you know. Right. And sometimes it's those distractions, like he kind of talked about how we're distracted from like seeing where it turns. Like, you know, examples I think about is like, maybe you're driving in a place you haven't been and you don't realize like, oh, that was a street I was supposed to turn on. Yeah. And I think my biggest issue I ever had with that was in Boston when we had the mission trip to Boston a few years ago. And, you know, talk about distractions. I had a Suburban with, like, seven teenagers in there. (laughs) And, you know, teenagers... I remember you doing that. They're not quiet. They're, you know, they're always quiet in the car, right? Of course. They're so mindful of what the driver's doing. Yeah. And, like, and, you know, I missed the turn. And, like, we kind of talked a little bit yesterday in our meeting about this. I'm like, Boston's a pain to drive in because it's not a grid system like Chicago and I would, it's a lot of roundabouts, and I always felt like if you missed your exit or your turn, you'd almost have to drive another mile to kind of loop back to what you needed to do. Mm. And I'd like, I'd miss the turn, and the kids would be like, Pastor, you missed the turn. I'm like, guys, just chill. <laughs> I, I've never driven in Boston before. Yeah. I'm not used to driving a vehicle this size. Yeah, yeah. And this, to me, the streets felt narrow in Boston. Okay. Especially okay. where we had to park at the church. But I'm just like, can you give me a little patience here? Uh-huh. And, like, so that's that distraction where we get distracted and we lose focus on God. Yep. 
even though he's, you know, he's directing us just like the GPS was directing me in Boston. Mm-hmm. But there's so many outside voices, like seven different teenagers, outside voices, whatever you want to say them in our walk of life and faith. And we just, oh, I missed it. I can't, I just missed it. And like it said in the, the devotion, they just got to go a little bit longer now. Yeah. You know, because it'd be like, okay, now it's 15 minutes till, till we get to our destination. I'm like, okay, 15 minutes isn't that bad in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Well, and even like like I was talking about my dad, you know, he didn't have a GPS system, but he kind of had this, you know, we always said, oh, dad's got like a map in his head. But you know what? Like you got the map in your head and you don't have someone saying, uh, you know, turn right here. I don't know if you've ever had it like when you're not using your GPS and you're kind of on your normal route home. And if you're like maybe your route is like you got to turn on a road or exit on a ramp. You're driving along almost on autopilot, and you're you're thinking, your mind is thinking of other things other than, like, what's in front of you, so you're kind of maybe daydreaming, and then you pass your turn or you pass your exit, and you have this realization, like, oh, what happened? You know, and it's like there, there was no voice to say, turn right or right. anything like that. You're almost on autopilot, and I think yeah. that's where they get to that whole idea that, like, Oh, you more accidents happen closer to home mm-hmm. than when you're driving further away because you're not paying as much attention. Yeah. Because they're like, oh, I know this. And even when you're talking about that, I was saying about like, this is where I'm bad, like, especially on the, where I grew up. And I mean, I grew up in the same house my whole life. The street names of the streets around where I live. Mm. I'm like, I know the streets I turn on, I know how to get around my subdivision. But if you ask me what some of those street names are, mm-hmm. I wouldn't know what they are. Yep, I know what you mean because you're relying more on sight or landmarks or something, right? And you're not really thinking about the name. And uh, and I think where I was going with that was like you know sometimes in our you know daily life we're just kind of on autopilot cruising, and you know if we're not f- cognizant of the Lord or where He's leading us, we might just kind of blast past where He wants us to go, and until we're like. We realize it, or it's too late, and right. you know that kind of thing, like missed opportunities, right? But like the devotional saying, you're getting at least God has that reassuring kind of calming, like it's okay, mm-hmm. in a sense, you know, like not that he said there, but it's like okay, you're forgiven, mm-hmm. but hey, you know, we're gonna get you there. It might take longer, but you're still gonna end up still be the person that I made you to be. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're, you're going a different route, but. You're, we're still going to get you to your destination, which is really the, the most important thing. Right. And so, yeah, I think that's a good kind of breaking off point. But what a great reminder, though. Like, and maybe, you know, this can be something you think of as you drive and use a GPS, like, hey, where is this leading me? Mm-hmm. And connect it to this devotion. Right. Yeah. So... Well, thanks for listening to us, everybody. We uh, we hope you had a great Easter and uh, that you're just continuing in that Easter joy that we have as Christians, uh, remembering that Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.